Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. Again, I am your host, Peter Eklund, and on this week's show, we throw on some PJs, open up a box of cereal, and get our fill of Saturday morning cartoons. And to do this, I welcomed on this week's guest, C.J. Campbell. C.J. is a great friend of mine who is, who's a poet and a published author, and, but where I know him best was when we just got to hang out being roommates, playing video games, watching movies, and having great conversations over coffee. Um, so, you guys know the deal. Um, before we get to our conversations surrounding Spider-Man, the animated series, and the cartoon, The Mighty Ducks, just got to tell you on what you can do to help out the podcast. Take a couple minutes, leave your thoughts on the content online. That You can do that by leaving a review for the podcast, either on Apple Podcasts or on the Facebook page. In doing so, you can help this podcast fall into the hands of those who are not yet listeners. Okay, so we're going to stop from this commercial break and get back to our show and listen to us talk about some cartoons. I'll see you guys in a second. Okay, so just as I just said, um, today's guest is my roommate or past roommate, CJ Campbell. CJ, thank you for coming on to the show. Yes, it is I, the Maharaja of Insomnia, with a baccalaureate in bad poetry. Hello, Extreme Disney. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. I love you. Um, so, as I said before, CJ and I used to be roommates. Um, he is. You've seen me naked. I have seen his naked body. Um, and you feel sorry for me. Um, but he actually, at the same rate, he's probably seen more of me than he ever really wanted to. <laughs> Um, but your body is a wonderland, okay? A wonderland, <laughs> it is. Oh, gosh, all right. Um, <laughs> so with that, um, CJ is now you're in Rockford, right? Rockford, Illinois, yes, that's right. Um, where is his hometown, but also where him and I first met when I went out there for college or college light, um, <laughs> 12 years ago or so. It's crazy that it's been that long, dude. Do you remember our first conversation? I think so. It when was... Did, when I was dressed up as a liger from Napoleon Dynamite and we were talking no. about ska music? No, that was our second conversation. Our first conversation is when you were trying to feel out how cool I was and you were like, the drummer of the worship band looks like the drummer from Anniversary. And I was like, yes, they do. And then you're like, oh, so you know that band. Yeah, that's true. I do remember that now. That's, oh, gosh, you're right. I, I, that, that whole conversation is kind of coming back to me. Yes. But we, we definitely formed a really good friendship um, during the time that we, I was out in Rockford, and you were in the program as well at Rockford Master's Commission, in which after you graduated, you came out here in Jefferson, and that's when we were roommates. Yes, we were. And we played a lot of video games and hung out and played movies and – talked a bunch I, and i miss you dude oh uh well you know i miss your wonderland like body oh my god <laughs> so cj why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself and just um what have you been doing in the midst of corona uh all right well um my name is cj campbell uh i am a an author, writer, uh, video game, tabletop 
theology nerd. Um, and um, let's see, what have I been doing during Corona? Um, I've been working out so that way I can eat really bad food and not gain too much weight. And uh, I have been writing bad poetry on my blog entitled Bad Poetry, which you can check out at cjcampbellblog.wordpress.com. I post a new poem every weekday at 4 p.m. Central. Um, other than that, I have been working towards a certificate in digital marketing, and I'm trying to go back to college in the fall for marketing. Um, I'm also working on a play. That's really about it. Other than that, I just, you know, cry tears into my own avarice. Okay. <laughs> well, I, mean, it's, I think, you know, you're kind of tapping in some stuff that I've even kind of felt like in the midst of Corona, when we have all this time on our hands, it's good to kind of have some kind of task that you are trying to do because I think it could become very easy for us to really slip down into different states of being if we're kind of not taking care of ourselves or not staying productive. Right. So, I mean, you can't tell through the audio, but I'm a brother of the palsy persuasion. I have cerebral palsy. Uh, so I have a disability. I uh, live in a wheelchair. I'm like the Michael Jordan of sitting. I've turned it into an art form. Um, and so I was talking to you before we officially started recording that I feel like the disability experience and the poverty experience has kind of prepared me for quarantine life. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just know that, um, you know, I, I, I lost my job uh, during the pandemic and I immediately knew that like, if you, if you go from a regiment to nothing, it's, it's a recipe for failure. And like, at first I was like two weeks off and I was like, yes, this is amazing. And then, like week, like the start of week three, I was like, "What's the point of getting out of bed? What's the point of this world?" Um, and so then, immediately, I was like, "You have to restart your blog. You have to start writing every day." And so I just do things like uh, I have like a a uh, regimen that I do where I make sure that I do four four hygiene things, one physical task, one creative task. Uh, and one intellectual task with at least one professional task. And then the rest of the day, I can just, you know, mm -hmm. read comic books or peruse YouTube or try to beat XCOM 2 <laughs> so I can finally play the Final Fantasy VII remake. So, you know, it's all about understanding that everyone has 24 hours in a day and uh, you can do with it what you like. Most people, you know, sleep and have you know friendships i i i work out and listen to podcasts <laughs> which i think you're one of the perfect guys to be able to get on to extreming disney and participate with me and talk about nonsense that's right what i lack in like i make up for in mouth that is true you should have that printed on a shirt for you um so, CJ, I'm having you on this week, and we're talking about Saturday morning cartoons. This is the third episode of this series of Saturday morning cartoons where I've had somebody come on. We've drawn a date out of the hat, 
and we would pick two cartoons to talk about um, and kind of line up close to that date. This um, episode is September 26th or 24th, 1996, and we're going to be talking about two cartoons, one of which is Spider-Man, the animated series, and the other one is the Mighty Ducks cartoon. Um, and the, the reason why I picked these two cartoons is because I thought it would be perfect for me and CJ for a couple of reasons. First of which, he has been reading comic books lately, and I know you've been reading a lot of Daredevil, right? I have read my, um, technically my first Daredevil comic. I read The Man Without Fear. And the Man Without Fear, like, moved me, like, it made me really emotional in a way that I wasn't expecting. So I, I was pretty happy to see that uh, we have an appearance of Daredevil. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I picked that episode was because it's like, oh, this is going to be perfect. You've been getting into Daredevil. I think it'd be really great. And then the other reason why I picked the Mighty Ducks was because one of the best memories I have with CJ when we were roommates was when we would play um, NHL games. Um, yes, yeah. NHL 07 with a multi-tap on a PS2. That's right. So World Cup, baby. <laughs> Take that, Slovakia. So this is like me and CJ, these two things. Um, and so I'm really excited to get into it this week. Um, but before we get into that, CJ, I just want to know, were you much into cartoons growing up? Uh, absolutely, I was. Um I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, a 1990s latchkey kid with a, with a bad haircut. So cartoons were kind of my life and what brought me, uh, brought me a sense of normalcy. Uh, so, you know, like basically I, I always had like the schedules picked out of like, oh, well, who, who, who has the best lineup? And then, you know, like. You eat like three bowls of like waffle crisp and you're just like waiting for, uh, you know, so like there used to be like Spider-Man, the animated series, and then X-Men would follow after that on Fox. And then you'd kick over to the USA Network and like watch, watch the old Street Fighter animated series, you know, and, and even like just the opening to the Smurfs. Uh, I found that on the Tubi app that they have all the old G.I. Joes. Really? Yeah, and it's free. Tubi is free, and it has all the old GI Joe. So I've been really digging that. Okay. Also, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but um, I'm actually related to a Disney princess. I do know, and I let's. Well, I want to save on the spoil. Um, I know because I think it's going to come up actually in a pretty cool way. So listeners can be pretty excited about when we get to that. My listeners know that Saturday morning cartoons for me was the biggest thing. I only had four channels growing up. Um, and so Saturday morning cartoon was like the only time, the only block I had to be able to watch cartoons each week. So, and honestly, I did not get to have Spider-Man the animated series, but I loved this show. Um, you, I think you already kind of said so yourself that you used to watch this. So you're pretty familiar with this show for the most part. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had just gotten into comic books, but like I always wanted to be into comic books. But when I was a kid, uh, it was like it wasn't cool to be into comics. But if you were into comics, you didn't let anyone else be into comics. So like to to be into comics, 
you really had to be like one of those rich families that had two parents. And, uh, and, uh, so my only way to like really get into superheroes, which I always wanted to be into, were these shows. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely remember watching Spider Man and X Men, and you know I would like wake up at like five thirty in the morning to watch Iron Man. I'm sorry, that one was rough. Oh, it's okay because you know I'm the Maharaja of insomnia. That's true. That's true. Um, I would go to sleep when we lived together and CJ would be awake and then I would wake up and CJ would be awake. Watching do. Oh God. (laughs) So as far as like the premise of this show of of Spider-Man, the animated series in the nineties, it's pretty simple. It follows Peter Parker, AKA Spider-Man navigating his life in New York city, dating Mary Jane Watson taking care of his elderly aunt May and fighting supervillains each week as they terrorize the city and the world. Um, it's pretty simple. It's pretty basic. Um, one thing that I, I realized is in the later seasons, and that's kind of more the mid seasons, later seasons, they do more of a tied storyline between each episode. So they really tied into each other. And this episode definitely fell into that where it's like, a to be continued after this, which I felt like worked way better because um, I had uh, my neighbor over for a couple beers uh, earlier in the summer when I first got uh, Disney Plus, and uh, we tried watching like the pilot of of this series, and I was like, "Oh man, like this does not hold up as <laughs> as I remember." The animation is definitely rough and early on. I remember that. Oh, man. Okay. Like, it has some of the worst lip-syncing I have ever seen, where they don't even try. Like, half of this episode, it was internalized dialogue, but they never explicitly state that it's internalized. So you just hear voices with no, like, mouth movement, and it's super weird. That's true. I never really thought about that, because I'm, I'm just so used to this, and, and Peter Parker's, like, inner monologue, his thoughts and just processing, that I never really thought about that whole thing and but what i was wondering while watching this is because they have that like the the random like cgi transition at one point uh and i was like well that probably costs like like five grand why not put more of that into the lip-syncing animation come on which is so funny because Oh, we talked about this on the Iron Man episode when I um when I was with Patrick Johns. We talked about this, where Iron Man would go into that weird three D animation, um, computerized animation where he's like his costume is getting put on and it was always the same each week. I I feel like they thought, man, this is so cool. Look what we're doing, but when it's being paired up with what we see normally, it's really jarring and it's like what what's what's happening? and it's weird and it doesn't make sense. Like, also, Peter Parker's uh, attire doesn't make sense. He, like, it seems like Peter Parker is actually the alter ego of Don Johnson from the Miami Vice series. Like, he's wearing, like, a sports blazer while running around. That's <laughs> and, true. Like, I was, like, I was, like, are you, are you going to chase after a drug dealer here? That's really funny. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, that was one thing I noticed where I was watching it. I was being reminded, I'm like, this is what he always wears. And 
I think what we can talk say about both these cartoons that we're talking about is that it's so 90s. It's like at times it's they're both like really kind of radical, you know. I kind of feel like though that it was like it was like it was like the the uh it was like the older generation's like understanding of what the 90s were. Yeah. It was super weird because, like, there are an insane amount of mullets for 1996. And an insane amount of mullets. That's so true. (laughs) Um, And it's not ironic. They're like, oh, wait, this guy, he's going to look like a cool bad guy. Let's give him a mullet. And And I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, like, I had, like, I had, like, printer, like, photocopied, uh, pictures of Tupac in my desk at school. Like, no one was into mullets in 1996. Except for old Metallica fans. They were like, yeah, 96, but do you guys remember 86? Those were the dates. <laughs> well, I think also, like, where I where I see it, um, mostly with Spider-Man, where we see the 90s, is in the opening song. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It's like this weird, like, I feel like Peter Frampton did the opening song. Because it's like that is electronic voice of just saying radioactive Spider-Man over and over again, you know? Yeah, it was like, it was like Peter Frampton's like, well, Black Sabbath made that cool Iron Man song. I can do that. (laughs) In this episode, CJ, just give us a quick run through what happens, like. No more than a minute. Uh, so, um, Peter Parker uh, gets arrested and tried in a weird, um, very fast, unconstitutional trial. <laughs> and uh, then um, new Spider-Man uh, comes by and breaks him out of the armored car using grenades, which... Therefore, lets you know that new Spider-Man is already better than old Spider-Man because grenades are better than webs. And then it is uh, discovered that they that this group of bad guys has saved Peter Parker, so that way it further proves that he's framed and that Spider-Man is evil. Then, then. Peter Parker's all like, I'm in jail. I can't believe this is happening. And then uh, in comes in awesome, awesome lawyer guy who's like, hey, uh, I'm here to help you. And then Spider-Man's all like, wait, but you're blind. I've never seen a blind lawyer before. <laughs> <laughs> like, who does that? Uh, yeah. Um, blind people uh, clearly don't know the law. Um, and well, yeah, uh, justice is blind, just like Matt Murdock. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, uh, there's this guy named Daredevil, and he's all like, "Oh, bam!" Like spin kick to the face, running around, and then there's a firebomb that's really bad at being a firebomb. There's lots of explosions. There's Kingpin, who like kind of comes off as the Don from The Godfather. Yeah. Uh, there's also this really amazing um, woman named Terry Lee that was talking about sexy diagnostic data. I want a whole series of just her. <laughs> just her talking about diagnostic data. And she has gold handcuffs, which I'm like, 
where are the priorities with this police department? They have gold handcuffs. Okay, so with that, let's break down a few things from this episode. I loved your recap. That was so much fun. Um, yeah, so Spider-Man, or Peter Parker, is framed, and he's rescued by Chameleon, who is... A.K.A. Voldemort's brother. Yes, that is true. He definitely has, he shares a resemblance there. Um, and then we see the, I, I hate this, I hate when stories and movies and television does this, but we have that whole framing device where it's like, you might be wondering how I got here and how this happens. Well, let me tell you, it all started when I got a job offer to work with Richard Fisk or Wilson Fisk, you know, and it's, oh, we're going to, I, 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 that gets so overused as a framing device within it, with, with television that I'm just like, it turns me off immediately. A um, couple things that I thought were interesting in this episode that I just kind of wanted to mention is when you see um, Peter Parker meet Wilson Fisk, I, one thing I love is that at this point, Spider-Man, Peter Parker does not know that Wilson Fisk is the Kingpin. And he, uh, the Kingpin has had a presence on the series kind of throughout, you know, from yeah. the beginning. And so I like how they kind of keep that. With the sh- we as the viewers know, but Spider-Man himself does not. And when we see him, the first time we see him, we see him kind of um, clipping flowers and whatnot. And what's kind of, he has, a, he has a flower in his hand. And what's interesting is it's very resemblant of the, um, uh, it's not a rose, but his son, Richard Fisk, is the villain called the Rose. Yes. In the comic books. And so I think it's kind of a little bit of a nod to him, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that was one thing I thought. Was well, I mean, I think Kingpin is a pretty cool villain. Although, he, like, he definitely does give me, like, you know, Don Corleone uh, vibes. Sure. Uh, okay, so two things about that is, is that one is I don't understand how, like, Peter Parker does not pick up on the subtext that clearly this guy's a villain, where he's, you know, like, he shakes his hand, he's like, you know, if we can come to an arrangement, like, clearly that's bad guy talk for, like, I'm evil. Right. And even, <laughs> like, I don't know how he cannot put together, goes, I just got hired, and I just started working this new job, and then all of a sudden, the authorities are after me, and I'm being pegged as stealing government secrets. Who could ever have done right. this to me, you know? Right. And then, um, like, uh, I don't, like the son Richard, like ha- have you noticed his body proportions? He like skips leg day every day, and I don't know if he's just like trying to impress his dad by like, Dad, look how huge my upper body could be, just like yours. It's like he's almost an hourglass, but it just doesn't end. It's like a triangle all the way. Yeah, down. <laughs> like such broad shoulders, and then nothing else. I know, like basically, all Spider-Man has to do is like like get get on top of like a really long stack of stairs and Richard would be like <laughs> so let me ask you this as being the um the bigger fan of Daredevil how did you feel about his treatment in this episode you know um you know other than Peter Parker being an ableist and <laughs> I just I'm sorry I just can't get over it he's like oh I hear I'm a free lawyer and he's like yeah but you're blind <laughs> Like, I was just, I was just dumbfounded. I've never heard of a blind lawyer. Like, 
don't you guys only play j- jazz music? <laughs> yeah. This, this is kind of, this is a bit dated. I don't think they would be making uh, cartoons now with that as a as a dialogue piece. So, so like I just finished A Man Without Fear, um, which is the graphic novel. Uh, like, it's an iconic graphic novel of of the origins of Daredevil, um, made by uh, Frank Miller and um, is it is it John Romita? Um, I, think I know the last so. name's, I I know the last name's Romita. Um, well, yeah, then it would be John Romita. I don't think it's yeah. John Romita Jr., but I think John Romita is right. Yeah. Um, so basically it, uh, it follows the origin story almost perfect to the man without fear. Um, it cuts out, like it changes up one little thing, I think just to make it a little more punchier. And also like daredevil comes off as like a total, just total, just awesome character. Mm -hmm. Like that's better and smarter than Spider-Man. And, um, well, cause Spider-Man kind of like has always kind of depended on like the stupidity of, of like his foes and like being like, you know, I'm a snarky guy. Whereas Daredevil's just like, doesn't really talk. And like, he will, he will let you know, like, oh, like I'm like, he's basically like the Jake, the snake Roberts of the Marvel world. Whereas Jake the Snake Roberts was this pro wrestler who, like, um, was popular in the 80s. And uh, in the 80s, like, all pro wrestlers were like, well, let me tell you something, brother. When I take you into the steel cage, you're going to feel the pain. And just scream at you. And literally, uh, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts would, like, speak very, like, very softly and quote to you, like, obscure Pink Floyd lyrics about how you're going to fall into a pit of your own avarice and he's going to um, inject you with your own with the, the venom of your own greed and I feel like that's like kind of what Daredevil is because Daredevil will never let you forget that you're evil and this is why he's punishing you where Spider-Man's all like look at me I'm so I'm so crafty and smart ah. and quippy yeah, and like really, like Daredevil is just like, no, I'm just gonna knock your teeth out. Yeah, and I like that. And I think they do. I mean, apart from the whole "you're a blind lawyer" thing, I think they <laughs> handled Daredevil really well in this. Oh yeah, I mean, um, like, re- remember when like you know Daredevil initially saves uh, Spider-Man, I love and it was it. like, and it's all like. And then it's all like the night is young and then leaves. I'm like, I definitely want to like go follow Daredevil while he like hits the club, and I want to know all about Daredevil's nightlife. Well, actually, from reading the comic, I know that he's like having crazy uh, Daredevil tactics with Elektra. So I wish Elektra were in this episode. Yeah. Um, have you have you watched the series of Daredevil much on Netflix? I have not. Um, I love it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm such a like. Uh, I'm, I'm a person who gets in my feels super easy, and so when I watch, like, like I don't even watch films anymore, which I'm sure like that's almost shocking for you to hear. Uh, 
and so when I watch things, I always want to watch with people. Uh-huh. Um, so like I've kind of put off watching those series just because like I want to enjoy it with people and like talk to gotcha. people about it. Gotcha. All right. Well, I, I'd be interested to know what you think of it um, at some point later on. Um, well, let's kind of wrap up talking about Spider-Man here. Oh, there's one thing. There is one thing that I wanted to say. Um, so, in the towards the end of the episode, Spider-Man is sneaking into some Fisk facility, and you see his hands on the edge of a building, and he's mm-hmm. like clearly hanging off from this building, and then two of his Fisk's guards walks by maybe a foot from where he is. How does he not get seen? <laughs> you know? I, well, I know. Like, I swear to you that these henchmen must have gone to, like, the Cobra Commander Training Academy because they're terrible. And also, they have laser machine guns and they never hit their target. Well, oh, right. Man. And also... Remember how they were all freaking out about the firebomb and then Spider-Man and Daredevil just, like, hide on the floor and somehow they survive? What kind of, like, that firebomb is really bad at doing the one job it's supposed to do. It's a, it's a little tiny bomb that just starts a fire that grows. And then stops right before them. I, like, it, that, that, like, really threw me out of the whole narrative. I was like... I can't take any threat in this show seriously. We got Cobra Commander accuracy training and a firebomb that is doesn't have a lot of fire in it. So, CJ, do you do you recommend this show? Would you? Uh, people were just watching this one episode and they wanted to get uh, your opinion on it. Um, would so, you say check out the series? Um, so it's tough. I would say um, yes if you absolutely love Spider-Man. Um, if you're not, like, super into Spider-Man, I think it's something that you could easily pass up in, in the Marvel Universe and you wouldn't really miss a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know about your thoughts on it. Um, I think of the X-Men animated series, that, or the, the Marvel animated series that came in the 90s, this and X-Men are the strongest. I prefer the X-Men series over Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. X-Men's... X-Men series is, like, clutch. Yes. And the the last season of X-Men series is terrible. They change animators. They change voice actors. It is awful. But the most part, that series was fantastic. And this is kind of number two for me. The other ones that came out in the 90s of Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, those, The Incredible Hulk, they don't compare to these two. Um, Spider-Man, I like. I would recommend it. It's number two on my list. Okay. Okay. So, CJ, um, let's talk about the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, let's talk about the Mighty Ducks. Um, this, let's, I want to go through the premise a little bit. Where The premise of Spider-Man is pretty simple. Yeah. This is not. This is, <laughs> this is no. insane. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it is insane. Um, Disney clearly wanted to cash in some way on the Mighty Ducks name since they had those sports movies that were big in the 90s, you know? And they're like, how do we do that? What can we pitch to make this a series of cartoons? Yeah. And how you do it is by making a superhero team of hockey-playing humanoid ducks. Right, because 
because that's that's what we want when we think of the Mighty Ducks. We don't want to think about you know kids that we can relate to, uh, you know, like playing hockey and getting into mischief and like being like the cool kids that we wish we were. We want we want um, the Michael Bay version of the Mighty Ducks where they're magically aliens, right? That there's there's some kind of Howard the Duck thing going on here. Right. Like, I I don't understand how they were like, let's take the Mighty Ducks and make it something completely different. And they, like, they never once mentioned the Flying V. They never once mentioned Knuckle Puck Time. And I'm like, I was already out. Yep. Yep. Um, so this is, this is what I pulled off of the internet as being a synopsis. I kind of tweaked it a little bit, but... In another galaxy exists a planet populated entirely by humanoid ducks. It is dubbed Puck World, and it is a very cold, icy planet that is perfectly suited for the ducks' favorite pastime, ice hockey. Puck World's enemies is a reptilian race known as the Surians, and the war between these two races end on Earth somehow with their six heroes trapped on Earth. And while here, they decide to play hockey on Earth and try to take down their foes. Because that, that makes logical sense. You like, I'm telling you, they're like, they're probably sitting down with, like, Michael Bay. And they're like, so we're going to do a Mighty Ducks thing. Um, you know, this could be a cool story about, you know, the Mighty Ducks continuing their time uh, together. And, you know, maybe they can have superpowers through, like, a magic hockey stick or something. And, like, Mike was like, no. No. Listen. Hear me out. Aliens. Also, uh, evil dinosaurs. And then Disney was like, well, he is Michael Bay. (laughs) He's the guy who brought us the rock. He has to know what he's doing. And so they were like, yeah, let's do that instead. This is, it's just, it's so crazy. Do you, do you, did you watch this? Did you know of this cartoon before I asked you to watch it? So actually funny story is I saw this pilot when it was live on air and it happened at prime time. Um, uh, I watched it at the bar that my dad used to take me to as a little kid. And it was this like dive bar that uh, I shouldn't have been going to. <laughs> and uh, so they had a TV that was like on top of their like cooler. And um, I remember it very distinctly because usually like they would have like NASCAR races or something on. And um, I'm, like, a, like a NASCAR race had finished or like a football game had finished and they were going to premiere the Mighty Ducks cartoon. And I was super excited. I was like, Please don't change it. Please don't change it. Please don't change it. And I watched it and thinking, this isn't the Mighty Ducks at all. <laughs> so, yes, like, I think I was, I don't know, maybe um, if it was 96. I was, like, just about to turn 10 and just thinking to myself, like, I, I, I remember feeling like an emotional loss because I was like, I want to see Goldberg. I want to see, I want to see Charlie. You go into an emotional breakdown. You butchers! You ruined it! Right! Well, exactly, because it's like, hey, uh, we have this popular franchise. You know what will be the best thing to do? 
it'll be like, to take away any sort of emotional investment that you've had in the series whatsoever. Yep, yep. I, I got to tell you, though, the opening song for this. Oh, yeah, radical. it's so bad. It's so bad. It's like, a, like okay, I think one of the worst bands ever is Motley Crue. And it's like a Motley Crue knockoff. It's so bad. It's so bad that it wants, like, it makes me want to turn to illicit drugs to then live out as Motley Crue should have. And you, you can see that they're what they're really trying to do and try to tap into with this series with the characters is the same feels you would get from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was huge, and like Gargoyles, you know? Yeah, which I don't know. I don't know anyone that was super into Gargoyles, but I mean, I, I mean, I would watch it because it like came on right before Batman the Animated Series, and it was like when you're a kid, you're like, well, I mean, I mean, if I mean, I, I got a half hour to kill. <laughs> Let me look at my busy schedule. No fun clear. I can watch this. Wait, uh, well, a rerun of Family Double Dare is on. <laughs> the stress that you'd have to go through to figure out what on earth am I going to watch? Um, I know. And, and like, it, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were cool and like well executed. Mm -hmm. And you see them try to do that a little bit with the characters in this. Right. Um, what surprised me most with how bad of a cartoon this was is the actors, is the voice actors. They got to be a part of it. They had Tim Curry as the main villain. Right. Clancy Brown in it, you know? Um, Jim Belushi. We see Jim Belushi. Like, that's, that's like... Okay. Right. And then, um, I forget the name of the main duck, but he is voiced by Iron Ian Ziering from 90210. Yeah. I know. It's, that's so 90s. They got the actor from 90210. They're like... It. All right, listen, I know you've been out of high school for 27 years. We want you to go back for a second time, but we want you to be a duck. <laughs> and, and I was like, is Luke Perry going to be in it? They're like, no, man, you're the star. He's like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm going to be the Luke Perry of this. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so we didn't love this, but within this particular episode... The bad guys, there's like a sage sorcerer guy who hypnotizes the Ducks agent Phil, voiced by Jim Belushi, to set up the Ducks for ambushes during their publicity spots um, in order for the bad guys to steal a rocket ship. Yeah, which they never really explained why they want the rocket ship to any sort of like good degree. Well, because they're bad. It was just like, well, we're bad guys. I mean, we got to steal something, right? Yeah, that's that's like you got a rocket ship that's gonna go into space. Steal that, you know. That's what a bad guy would do. <laughs> um, yeah, and these ducks, there's six of them. Um, do you have a favorite duck? Um, no, because they're all idiots. I, I have a favorite duck. I can't believe you don't have one. Is it is it nosedive? No, nosedive. He's a He's a Michelangelo knockoff, man. Yeah. Um, no, like, here's here's the thing is, okay. One is that, like, all the ducks are morons, mm -hmm. except for, like, the leader, Ian. And oh, yeah, Wild Wing? 
But like he's not even but he's not even really that likable. Like there's nothing really interesting about him. So I actually found myself rooting for the dinosaurs. I was like, these dinosaurs are all intellectual. Like, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Also, the ducks are stupid. Like, they're just so stupid. Like, like their their manager, like, even when he's not controlled by evil dinosaurs, is a terrible person. And they're just like, ah, Phil. Ah. Oh, Phil. Let's just play hockey. Yeah, I think they've taken a little bit too many pucks to the head. No, my my favorite was Duke. I mean, oh was, yeah, yeah, like the Zen guy who always says like pain is a pain is an illusion, illusion that hurts. No, that's that's Grin. Grin oh, because the big guy, he's the goalie. Because see, I think that that guy might be my favorite, just because like at least he's trying to be intellectual. He's pretty cool, actually. You're right. I, he, you know, you got that whole thing where it's like it's the biggest guy being the most philosophical. Um, voiced by Brad Garrett. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, I think that's like, oh my gosh, everyone loves Raymond. His brother is in this. Um, no, my favorite was Duke, the guy with the eye patch. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he probably looked the coolest. Yeah, he had like, he had like a lightsaber, man. Oh, right. I totally forgot about, well, it can't be a lightsaber because George Lucas would sue the feathers off of him. Well, now it's it's owned. So, you know what? I want to see this guy show up in the next Star Wars movie as a Jedi. No, I want Howard the Duck to show up. Like, how Howard the Duck made a brief cameo. Was it in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1? Yep. Yeah. And he's in, and he's in Avengers Endgame. Oh, see, um, I started watching the Marvel Universe from Chronological Order, so I, so I just watched... Uh, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, like mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. So uh, it's going to be a while before I get to Endgame. Sure, sure. Um, you know who voices Howard the Duck in the... the oh, game? man. I used to know this. I want to say that it's Corey Feldman, but I know that's not right. In the MCU, it's um, Seth Green. Oh, that totally makes sense. Corey Feldman was the original voice of Michelangelo in the Ninja Turtle movies. Those are so good. Um, and then the I think one of the worst ducks was Mallory. Um, she was so her voice was so annoying. It was like they were trying to give her a, a bad Chicago accent. I don't like. Yeah, it, oh, like, I, like I'm serious. Like I remember watching. The, the pilot as a kid and be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not watching that anymore. And then I watched it again and I was like, yeah, like the the bad guys are the ones that I'm rooting for. And speaking of the bad guys, I just want to say one connective thread between these two cards, I, uh, cartoons I was surprised with is they both have a villain named uh, Chameleon in it. Yeah, um, I didn't really like. You know, typically in like uh, kids shows, like they're like uh, they're usually very bad at writing villains, but these villains were particularly bad. And the thing that I hate about that is uh, is is from a writing perspective, is the villain and the threat of the villain is what makes the good guy interesting, right? And so 
if you don't have an interesting bad guy, then there's then there's nothing to really invest yourself into. Which I think, again, as we were talking about gargoyles and TMNT, you, we have that. Shredder is kind of cool, you know. Um, Shredder is cool, and he's a credible threat. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. So yeah, this is um, just to kind of sum things up in the end. Phil gets hypnotized. He's setting up the heroes. They he gets hypnotized every time he gets a call on his cell phone and one of the evil, like, henchman guys says, roasted duck. Okay? Just don't answer your phone. Well, I don't think he realizes. I mean, he's an agent. He has to be next to his phone all the time, you know? He's I doing mean, publicity but... stunts for these space ducks. He's right. And no one yeah. else wants. Yeah, the host of reckless behavior that looks like the son of the crypt keeper from Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> um, ah, reckless behavior. <laughs> so I think there's not really much else to say about this. The heroes are victorious in the end. They figure out that Phil is their traitor or whatnot, and he gets all right in the end. He has his moments where he kind of fights alongside the ducks. But CJ, you got to tell me what is your favorite moment from this cartoon episode? Uh, well, I have two. Um, one is that when Phil picks up an axe that seems like it's credible, but it has such a puny handle that there's no way physically he could swing it with any sort of ferocity. It would immediately break if he swung that axe. Um. Two is when Nosedive decides using a hand glider during a blizzard is a great idea and then immediately gives himself a concussion because that was the thing that made the most sense. Like, like literally in my notes, it says, it says the duck that is hand gliding in a snowstorm clearly doesn't understand physics. And then immediately after that, he crashes because he's hand gliding during a blizzard. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. I love your observations, man. I'm having so much fun just ripping this apart. I also want to say this. I think that Phil should have had his own show. That Phil was the most interesting part of this whole ser- like this whole show for me. And I think he's kind of reoccurring. And I don't I, I kind of remember he's kind of their human touch point. You well, know? like he's like a proto Saul from from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that there should have been like an adult animated show about Phil just just like being just like an evil capitalist and uh, and just, you know, raking the, the, the ducks over the coals until they're broke, until all the money is soaked up and they're all destitute and that, that's the story that I really want to see. And then Phil goes off and he lives with uh, the evil dinosaurs. And because, um, like, the evil dinosaurs, they were, like, super smart and intellectual. Like, they were probably going to do good stuff with that with that rocket ship. No, they're bad. They're evil, remember? I know. Really, I feel like this is some sort of weird, like, like post-Reaganist, like, anti intellectual allegory about, I don't know, like, American imperialism and how, like, you know, like, things were better back in the day when ducks were still ducks. 
See, it's this really deep social commentary. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, we can derive a lot of that from the Mighty Ducks cartoon. Exactly. The Mighty Ducks as we know them. My right. favorite, My favorite part of the episode for me is when um, the bad guys call Chameleon and he kind of teleports in and he was taking a bath. So he was wrapped up in a towel and he's holding a rubber ducky. And then um, who is it? Tim Curry's main big bad villain, Lord Dragonus, takes it and just looks at the rubber ducky as kind of like, I don't know, a nod to the show with the mighty ducks and the bad guys are swimming with rubber duckies. I thought that right. was I that felt funny. Personally, I felt like that was a little too on the nose for me. I mean, <laughs> you want more nuance? Out I want show? more nuance in this terrible, terrible cartoon. <laughs> so, CJ, when are you going to finish watching this series? Um, well, you know, um, probably when I get a gold medal for long distance running. <laughs> so, next week. Yeah, hashtag palsy. Uh, so, so, yeah. so no, you're not gonna go back to watch this show. You're not um, interested. I mean, you know, if you're like CJ, I need to get on my podcast, and if we're gonna watch another Mighty Ducks episode, I'll do it. Um, you know, but I'm probably gonna, you know, bump up my uh, fee a bit here. Uh, okay, I'll, you know what? Double for next time. Double. Okay, so. That means I get uh, six pounds of gummy bears. All right. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Okay, so I'm going to say I'm not going to recommend this show. I remember when I was a kid, I thought it was gnarly and cool, but then I kind of had to settle with whatever was on the TV for me to watch that was kind of geared towards kids. But I'm not going to watch any more of this. It's not good. Uh, no, it, it's, it's like – it's horrendously bad, and it's very clear to me that it was a it was a cash grab. Like I, and like you know I, I like I'm I'm very anti capitalist, so so that's a bias I have. But it was very clear that there wasn't any sort of thought or art put into the storytelling. So I think it should be renamed the Mighty Bucks. Mm. So they're deer. I mean, I feel like that would be way cooler. Like, imagine, like, intergalactic deer with very ornate, like, uh, antlers. And, like, you know, like, it could have cool powers. No, well, like... You, you, like could have different, you can have different rats. You could have the, the guy who has the moose rack. You can have the guy right. who has the elk rack. Right. Know. Well, I mean, okay. When has there ever been a credible duck character oh, other than Donald. how Donald Donald was never seen as a hero well, except except in Kingdom Hearts there we go there we go and I mean, my language and I mean even then he was pretty like some part he's like I'm holding this shield sort of hey he had he had the mage staff your your point is bumpkiss well to be he honest I shield to be honest, I only played uh, half of the first one, and I never got to finish it. So, I would really like to actually play that series. It's actually, I'm on the second one. Um, it's pretty good. I kind of paused for a little bit. I don't play too many video games anymore, but... Alright, so I think both of us would probably recommend Spider-Man above 
the um the animated series of the Mighty Ducks, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like if if you were put in a jail cell and they're like, your only entertainment is the Mighty Ducks, or your or falling into your own insanity, I would I would vote the latter. Because at least it's your own insanity that you have to deal with. Then the insanity of the characters Nosedive, Wildwing, and Mallory. I just want to say again, who had glides in a blizzard? <laughs> All right. So, everybody, that is going to be our conversation about the cartoons this week. Um, stay with us when we get back from break. Um, stay tuned. Because me and CJ, we're going to break down any news that has come out in this past week regarding Disney+. Plus. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to break into the news pieces that came out this past week. CJ, I'm not sure if you know how this works. I know you've listened to a couple episodes before, but I'm going to run through all these news pieces and then whatever stands out to us, whatever you want to talk about, we'll break it down together. Sounds good? Uh, yeah, except, did you have to use the word run? <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll um, for our listeners, we'll tell that We're going to move through the news however you're able. Okay. <laughs> You're such a jerk. I love you. Um, all right. So here we go. Number one, a new Star Wars animated show has been announced for Disney Plus this past week. It is called The Bad Batch, and it is a spinoff from the last season of The Clone Wars, which ended this past May. The Bad Batch being an elite group of um, bad clone troopers. So that will be interesting. Number two, it is official that the release of the MCU show Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been delayed and will not be coming out this next August. It is still slated for sometime in 2020, but there is still no official release date. Whether it comes out in 2020, actually, that's to be seen. Number three, Disney Plus is awarded with an achievement in audio description from the American Council of the Blind. Um, number four, a trailer dropped for Disney Plus um, this week. It's an original documentary called Howard. It is to feature the life and work of Howard Ashman. He is the lyricist behind many of Disney's movies, um, including The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, um, as well as the musical Little Shop of Horrors. Howard died back in 1991 when he lost his battle against AIDS. Um, and that's going to be covered within the documentary, um, as we saw in the trailer. There is another movie that Disney Plus meant to come out in theaters that will be hitting Disney Plus next month. Not only will we be getting the one and only Ivan on August 14th, but we will also be getting the movie Magic Camp. It stars Adam Devine, Jillian Jacobs, and Jeffrey Tambor, uh, and this is the description of the movie. A group of misfit campers helps a down-on-his-luck magician rediscover his love for magic. And number six... We have a casting update for the Disney Plus relaunch of their movie version of Home Alone. It's going to have Ali Mackie from Toy Story 4. And then Keenan Thompson, who's currently on SNL. A lot of people know him from Good Burger and things like that. And then Chris Parnell, um, who used to be on SNL as well. They have signed onto the movie. That is the news for this week. CJ, 
What do you want to talk about, sir? Uh, well, let's see. Um, there's a lot of things actually I want to talk about. Um, let's talk about the new the the new Star Wars first. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest things to come out this past week. Did you watch the Clone Wars? Uh, so I try. So um, I've been also trying to watch the the Star Wars saga in chronological order. Um, but for whatever reason, when I go on Disney Plus, it doesn't have like the full series up anymore. It only has like the movie. Um, so I started watching the series, and um, I was really have, enjoying. It. They should have the series. Oh, are you saying they don't have the movie of the Clone Wars? No, they no, they have the movie. Every time I try to play the series, though, it goes to the movie. Weird. Okay. I know, and it makes me sad because I was really in, like, uh, believe it or not, like three years ago, I was uh, basically house sitting for someone, and they didn't have internet, so they were like, "Hey, uh, I left you a bunch of money at the family video. Just get as many DVDs as you want." So I got like the entire first season of Clone Wars, and I was like, "Why did no one tell me about this?" Mm. So. Um, you you know, be, I think you should be able to watch it, especially the latest season, because it debuted exclusively on Disney Plus. Right. So, so you can watch the latest season and and the movies whenever I like, and the movie that was like uh, the first episode, essentially, right? Right. Um, but then it won't let me watch any of the series other than than the last season. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it's driving me crazy because I'm like, no. Um, but I'm. I'm excited about um, Star Wars being revamped. Um, to be honest, I haven't watched any of the newer movies except for The Force Awakens. Okay. So, but, like, I think uh, I think Star Wars was in deep need of some new life. Yeah. And I think they're finding, they're finding it on Disney+. Plus. I mean, especially in the last year, having The Mandalorian and the last season of um, The Clone Wars... I think it, we're going to see more. Obviously, we're going to see more as we're getting a, a Rogue One series, kind of with um, the character from that, and an Obi One series um, at some point. And I think part of me was like, "Oh man, with the Clone Wars ending, they're not going to have as much for animation." But who am I kidding? They sh- it's it's owned by Disney. There's no way they're not going to be able to come. They're not going to come out with more stuff that Star Wars animated. Right, and like I think that they'll be absolutely missing the mark if they don't capitalize on making more Star Wars Lego stuff, especially from from a marketing standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that if you're really aching for more Star Wars animation, um, you're you're going to get it. Yeah. Um. I you know I don't like I don't know much about Falcon or Winter Soldier. I'm um, so bummed out about this. Like, I've been watching this release date for months as just in right. August 2020. And I'm like, this is like my anticipated show for Disney Plus, highest anticipated show for the um, MCU slate of Disney Plus. And I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know, uh, COVID strikes again, I would assume. Uh, I, I think even the. Um, the Amazon Tolkien series has ha, has been put on a hiatus. Yeah. So I mean, you know, this is just this is our this is our new normal, I suppose. Um, I, I think what it is is that this was being filmed in Prague, 
and they just can't get over there. Obviously, right. they can't travel. And right. They're just well, kind of like they were going to release the series in two parts, like have it broken up into like almost two seasons. But it was going to be like three episodes and three episodes. But from what I understood, they only had like a little bit left to film when they were filming back in like March or April and where we are now. Right. So I think what we're going to see from like to get into like marketing a bit and just uh, content creation, I think what we're going to see here in the, in the future is what you saw with the production of the, the Jurassic world, um, uh, sequel that that was in the works is that um, some of the crew from that uh, got put on hold and one of the actors convinced the director to write a script for a movie. And so they basically made a movie with like a skeleton crew of 14 people in the matter of a few days. So I think that you're going to see more, more dramas coming out. And you're going to see a lot more psychological kind of thrillers um, that are more low budget. Which I think, I mean, as far as I think it's going to have visual effects, but I think with the WandaVision series, that's still slated by this, for December of 2020. I think we might get that before we get Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, because, um, you know, computer generated graphics can't get viruses. Yeah. I mean, they can, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> I get what you mean. Um, and with that, I think it's gonna it's not gonna be like international shooting of that series. It's very much like we're in suburbia America, you know, so it's um I think it's gonna be easier for that to come out. And I think we're gonna get that before Falcon Winter Soldier. Do you think this gets pushed back again? Do you think we don't see the show until twenty twenty one? yeah. Um yeah, I don't think we get this until 2021, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Peter. I'm bummed, because this is the one I was looking forward to the most. Um, what else do you want to talk about, man? Uh, well, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Howard Ashman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so um, I am cousins with Jody Benson, the original voice of Ariel uh, of Little Mermaid, she also does a lot of other voices. She's Barbie in Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Um, she voiced uh, the main heroine in Pirates of Dark Water, oh, which is kind of that. yeah, which is kind of a cult classic. Um, super, it it was super cool to uh, have uh, your favorite relative be a Disney character, and. Uh, my cousin does did all of this singing, so um, I never I never met Howard, um, but obviously his work will always mean a lot to me. I remember um, when my cousin got the role of Ariel, uh, and I remember when she came to the family re- reunion with this giant box of clamshell VHSs to hand out to everyone. Um, and so the music of the original Little Mermaid just always reminds me of of that time, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just how much I love my cousin. Yeah, that's so cool. I um, man, that's that's it's so incredible. And I think what's so great about that, I think Ariel, her, in particular, 
she is so iconic to Disney. I think she is so her, the song part of your world is so iconic. I think it's one of the best Disney songs out there. And the fact that it's your cousin singing is just blows me away, dude. Right. And, and do you know, what's the great thing about my cousin is that um, she loves being Ariel. Uh, she, uh, we haven't, um, we haven't seen each other in quite a long time. Um, she, I think she's still living in Atlanta and, you know, she's constantly doing comic cons and stuff like that. But, oh, yeah. uh, she, was, she was there this past comic con when I was there at New York city and they have like a Disney princess panel and she was there and yeah. yeah. And like, uh, you know, she's just kind of a very nice lady. There's no other way to put it. Uh, she, she does a lot of the cruises. She'll regularly perform with the guy who does uh, Sebastian. She loves uh, taking photos with fans. Um, yeah. She loves Ariel. And I, I think also it's important to state that, uh, you know, there were people giving pushback about the new casting of Ariel. Um, my cousin did not care at all. Uh, you know, like she was just like, that's, that's great. I'm so happy for that person. Um, so yeah, I I feel like uh, Ariel is is like for for a time when when uh, women were kind of still seen as the damsel in distress uh, trope. Um, Ariel showed a bit more depth for that time and period. And I think a lot of that had to do with a part of your world. Yeah. And so I think that there is no Ariel without Howard. Yeah, that's, you can't, you can't talk about this enough. I mean, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, I think some in Aladdin, the Little Shop of Horrors, dude. Like, he has some of the best songs, this guy. Yeah. And yeah. he obviously lost his life tragically early than expected, you know, than what it should have been. Right. Right. Um, you know, and I think it's it's sad that he was kind of erased for a while. And it's due to the stigma around AIDS. And, you know, it's it's so unfortunate that he hasn't really got his his just desserts. Yeah in that sense um and so i have high hopes for the documentary i i may or may not watch it i'm not quite sure yeah i think um the other two things that i want to hit on is uh i'm a little shocked about the return of jeffrey tambor in a disney uh production that is so surprising right i had to check the name as i I know i'm like Jeffrey Tambor? Are you sure? Like, I mean, he, I, I mean, he, he essentially admitted to harassing his co-stars. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, the, and like, Disney's like, you know what? Let's put him in a Disney production. Yeah, I'm really surprised. And I haven't heard anything. I wonder if, this is a new announcement that I saw today as we were recording and I'm wondering if we're going to get anything else in the next week just talking about about him, you know, because we haven't seen him since his kind of his show ended. Which yeah, was on, which, on Prime. which I loved Transparent. Um, 
And I, I'm sad that we didn't really get a proper goodbye with Transparent. Um, yeah, and honestly, I, that movie looks, the sound of the movie sounds pretty dumb, Magic Camp. Um, also, a Home Alone, like, remake made Again. by Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, who, who's asking for this? Who's, who's like, I demand more Home Alone movies? Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, if he's in it, honestly, though, if he's in it, I'm sold. If he's playing Kevin McAllister... I'm in. I want to see that actually, but it, I don't know. Like you know, I'm. I mean, so I mean, who doesn't love the original John Hughes Home Alone? I've I've never met a person who didn't love that film. It's great, and it was a total surprise. Did you ever watch the movies that made us on Netflix? Uh, no. No, you should, you should watch the Home Alone episode. It is incredible how this movie got made, and nobody—it was such a surprise hit. It made so much money, and nobody thought it would ever get. Oh out. yeah, like uh, I mean, uh, so I don't often watch the Joe Rogan podcast, but for whatever reason, it's always recommended in my uh, YouTube recommended, and Macaulay Culkin was did an episode like a year ago and he talked about how crazy home alone was mm-hmm. and it was a uh, pretty eye-opening um i don't know like i just i just kind of want home alone to stay where it was like they tried doing that um home alone three in like the early to mid 2000s and it yeah. was terrible it was yeah it was terrible it had no charm and I don't see Disney understanding, like, I don't see Disney understanding why people loved Home Alone. Right. But the only other person who being attached to it who I think would I, I would get excited about would be Chris Columbus, who is the director. Um, I would like to see Catherine O'Hara because she's amazing in Schitt's Creek. Oh, it's such a great show. Jess loves that. I get it here and there. She is She is just amazing, you know? Okay, so, man, we, we talked for a while, CJ. Um, man, this was a blast. I am so glad you came on and were my guest. Um, thank you. Thanks for coming on this week. Well, thank you for the invitation. You know, it's the beauty of podcasting. There are no stairs. There are no barriers keeping us apart. <laughs> Take that, yeah. Peter Parker. Woo! Yeah. He's <laughs> like, you're a superhero? You're able to do things? Um, you're an inspiration. <laughs> CJ, do you have anything that you want to plug? I know you mentioned it at the beginning, but I want to give you the ability to do it again. Sure, sure. Uh, so I I have a blog, Bad Poetry. I release a new poem every weekday at 4 p.m. Central. You can check that out at CJ Campbell, just like the soup blog.wordpress.com because I can't afford to buy the domain. You can also uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at CJ Campbell Zen Z-N. And you know what? If you want, you can send me a Facebook friend request. Just find my wonderful bearded self. I'm I'm really not that cool. Uh, thank you for having me on and uh, maybe I'll be back on in the future. I think so. We'll definitely do this again, man. Thanks again.
All right, everyone, that's this week's episode of Extreming Disney. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with my good friend, CJ. Um, If you really loved his antics and really had a great time listening to our conversation, I can assure you he will be back on. He always, we always have just so much fun and I, I have a blast talking to him and I've been having a blast catching up with him the last few months. Okay, let me tell you about what is going to happen for next week's episode. So by the time that next week's episode drops, it will be coming out right before the new series of Muppets Now on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be their new series. I'm, I'm excited for it. I can't wait for new Muppet stuff. I'm hopeful that this is going to be really good. I may be wrong, but I thought in honor of the Muppets, we got to do something right? So what we're going to do, me and my guest, and I'll tell you who my guest is in a minute, we're going to look at the 1979 Muppet movie. It's on Disney Plus. It's one of my favorites. I grew up watching this movie over and over and over again as a kid. I love the music. I love the characters. I love the jokes. It it actually gets better the older I get. Um, Anyway, if you haven't seen it, it's one of my favorites. Check it out. The Muppet movie from 1979. Um, and my guest, this is, this is really cool. This is going to be awesome. I think you guys will be surprised. Um, my guest for next week is none other than Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is going to be my guest next week. Um, so it's going to be a crazy show, obviously, clearly. So you'll have to check it out. Stay tuned and keep watching, um, Disney plus, and I'll see you guys next week on Extreming Disney. Bye-bye.